This is Kevin Campbell and you're listening to Chewing the Cud with the Irish Toffees. Come on, you blues. Welcome along, folks. Next episode of Chewing the Cud. Uh, today we're going to look back at the game against Man United in the Cup. Um, look forward to, if that's the way of putting it, the Southampton game tomorrow. Most, 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 most win. And uh, again, similar to last week, we'll touch on the uh, current goings on at Everton behind the scenes. Obviously, Mashiri has come out this week and uh, had a couple of things to say. So we, we'll touch on that in, later on. Uh, full crew today for the first time in a long time. Richie, Colley and Chris. Afternoon, Jets. Hey, lads. How's things? Afternoon. Okay, we'll get into this. Uh, the United game, Rich, um, it was kind of similar to the way we, we set up against City, five to back. And I know we spoke about last week, uh, that seems to be the system that suits these players uh, because switching systems to 4 3 3, 4 2 1 2, whatever you want, it just, it just doesn't work for them. Five at the back just suits them down to the ground. Yeah, look, I suppose our better performance have been in the in the in that style this year. So I suppose it's trying to trying to utilize what we have. We've said it kind of time and time again. Um again, I suppose it depends on, on what we're on what we're playing against. You know, United will like to dominate the ball and they're and they're happy to come at us. Whereas if it's someone else, you know, where we should be, I suppose, having the impotence. But again, City, United. They haven't been bad performances, I suppose. But mm. yeah, I mean, it, it, performance-wise, it was okay. I, I said last week that we can't be happy with moral victories and the performances aren't good enough. We need to be getting results. I still stand by it. And I think, you know, it's just not good enough. You know, losing games consistently and say, ah, but at least we we, we put in a show and it wasn't too bad. It's yeah. it, 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 it's it's not enough and it can't be enough. Um, And I suppose... I know it's tough kind of on the manager and everything, but just on the performance, I guess, after the first couple of minutes, I was I, I was I was fearing the worst. And I said, Oh, this is going to be an absolute drubbing here. They got an early goal. And you're just, I suppose, everything that's happened, Brighton again fell apart. But to be fair, they they did come back into it, played well at times, um, had a tread, were a tread on the break, um, got themselves back in, and you know unlucky I guess not to get something out of it you know 3-1 is probably harsh on him but at the end of the day we come away with nothing yeah yeah I know it's, it's harsh and yeah yes yeah, spot on like results are results but I, I think the display it gives a little bit of hope that there's something there I know Colley uh, two boys Colley and Chris were at the game Colley uh, I just want to mention before we get into what you think of the, the absolute noise that was made by the Everton fans it was it was unbelievable. That's all you could hear. Now I listened to the match on the radio and work, but that's all you could hear for the whole game was the Everton the Everton fans singing. Well, I, I was in the Strefford end, which was literally directly across from where our own fans were, Joe. Mm. Um it was where I got the tickets for. And I was surrounded by Man United season ticket holders. Um and they even they even commented multiple times on, you know, just the fans themselves you know the Quinny way and obviously the talk went into and I, I'm over here in conversations about how poor we've been and this and that but you know it was always brought back well you know look at the amount that's come out and followed them you know the Quinny way and uh, as much as I wanted to you know defend my club you know I couldn't fucking say anything because I, I'm, I'm in the midst of, of you know 
they see a red as such, you know, that kind of way. But just one thing, Joe, you mentioned about the, the formation. I 100% agree with you. But I've an awful, awful feeling that he's going to switch the vet back to a 4 3 3 because we're at home. We just feel that it's, you know, 5 3 2 or whatever way you want to describe it, it's a bit defensive and we're, we're counter attacking for most of it. But, you know, it's, you're in Goodison, crowd expects. Do you go 5 3 2 against Southampton, who are basically on the same, you know, level of us at the moment, you know, from a league point of view? I just hope he sticks with it, Joe. Um, the only one I would have an issue with in that system will be Mikalenko. I don't think he's, he's a, a left wing forward by any stretch. I'd rather see Vinegre in there. I think he's he's better going forward, but defensively he's not as good as Mikalenko. Um, I think, I think having watched the game live, and I was saying this to Richie just before we start recording, obviously you see certain things live and you don't see it on TV and I, I thought we'd done okay uh, Joe if I'm being honest um, mm. Tom Malpe actually was one of the better games I've seen him play for us he got himself nice and busy um, Awobi was okay obviously came off injured and after Frank's presser today it doesn't seem as if it's that serious um, but I just think we're just could, could you know you've stepped up a gear or two if you know there was parts of it that we controlled the game and then you know it kind of came on to us um, I, I do think we, we deserve to get something out of the game, Joe, but I just think that we're just missing that one or two, even three elements to the team, you know, the kind of way. And I know I haven't done a pod in a while. I'm just fearful, Joe, if I'm being honest with you. I just, and, and it's not nice. It's not a nice feeling um, to see the way my club, I know we're going to get into it later on in the podcast, Joe, but, you know, to see the way the club I supported for 44 years is going. You know, I brought my young fella over. And I remember bringing Mashiri, uh, when Mashiri came into the club, Joe, and I said it to you, just so that my young fella has a team to, to, to support when he's older. You know, this is going to make us great and all that. And geez, how late and wrong can I be, you know? And when your young fella turns around to you and says, Dad, I have something to tell you. You know, he's only 11, so he's not going to turn around and say, you know, whatever. He says, I want to support Man United. Like, blow to the head, you know, but... I wouldn't put him through a lifetime of pain at that age, Joe. You know the kind of way. Ah, he's not used to. I agree with that earlier. It'll toughen him up. He'd be a Navy SEAL after 10 yeah. years. <laughs> yeah. uh, just on the United match, Chris. Uh, again, I totally, totally agree with what Rich was saying about results and results. But, like, you can't just turn on a performance like that. It has to be a gradual thing. And, and there's been little, as colleagues like to say, little green shoots of of a performance. Uh, I thought we'd done okay against like a United team who are bang and form like they, they are, especially Rashford. I mean, he's just, he's just back to the Rashford of a couple of years ago. So I thought we'd done okay. First of all, following up on what you said about the support, so it was to be in the away end as, as always, but you know, it's a January after Christmas. We've won three games in the whole, or three games all season, nine games in 2022. 46 quid a ticket they were stitching us up for and to still have 10,000 there going down knowing that we're probably going to get a bit of a paste and we always turn up anyway and get right behind the team it's just it's unbelievable you know and unfortunately you know moments like that second goal there that Collie would have got a good view of the away end it was bedlam absolute carnage 
and to be going from that high to such a low, that VAR is a load of bollocks. But it was uh, it was great to be part of it. The fans were fantastic the whole night. And got, when you touch on the performance, I think like it's, it was better than what we've watched. You know, the commitment was certainly there, as you've seen by the reaction of the fans. A lot of fans stayed back to clap them off. And, you know, you're coming up against a team that have never won eight in the trot. At home, it was always going to be a big ask, but I thought the commitment was there, the effort was there, our work rate was there. At times, I thought we showed some good quality in terms of playing through midfield. We linked up quite well and we showed some good signs and we were dangerous on the break. And ultimately, I thought we were quite unlucky in the end. If you know, if that second goal was down the other end, it's probably given in their favour. You know, we were, I thought we were fairly, fairly unlucky in that respect. And we could have got drawn, you never know. What would have happened? So I thought we had them on the ropes at times, but they're always going to have moments in the game where they're on top of the quality they have. Still, we don't, you know, talking about the system, that system suits us. Look, I've never been an advocate of five at the back. I never thought we had the personnel, but if you're strictly focusing on defending, you're playing five, three, you're pretty much putting everyone behind the ball. That's, that's all well and good. But when the owners is on you to play a bit of football, I don't think it suits us whatsoever. As, Holly Royalty said Mikalenko is not a he, he you know he can play that system solid one on one defender possibly you know but going forward his final ball is crossing his poor he's falling over the ball he's checking back he's not suited to that system at all Patterson's obviously going to be out for a while Coleman again I thought he'd done actually very well against United when he came out look I know he's up against Rashford and you know Rashford gave him a run around once or twice and that's a result of not having the support as well. You should never be left one-on-one against Rashford. It's up to the wing-back or the full-back or whoever it is to drop in and make a two-on-one. But, but it just uh, we got stretched, you know. But we had a go. You know, that's that's all you can really ask, all things. But so we had a go. The, the bar is so low that that seems a good performance. Ultimately, as Richie said, he is right. We come away with nothing. We're out of another cup in the first or second round. We're in the bottom three. And... We we come away empty-handed. You would given you would have given us been battered all day and got a scrappy goal and won one nil. Same applies against Southampton. It's not the pretty football or the performance. It's a results business. And I think we kind of Lampard has been a bit naive if he does go back to four three three. Just think we find ourselves very open. We need to just go back to last season and just first and foremost be hard to be home or away, regardless. Because I just think we're we shoot ourselves in the foot in terms of fair enough defensively. I know statistically we've conceded whatever twentieth most attempts on goal, and you know at times we look very open. But we have improved defensively on last year overall. But I think as a unit we get caught out from the front. We have players that are hot and cold. Gray, Iwobi, even Onana, he played very well against United, but he made some silly sloppy passes. And we turn the ball over in high areas when we all press up as a team and we do move up the field. We turn the ball over too easily. And then teams that can break quickly on us, we're very out of shape and we're very open when we're exposed. And I think with better attacking players as a collective, it goes without saying we need goals, but our ball retention will improve. We'll be able to have sustained spells of possession and you know, we just lose the ball too easy and we're too open and we get caught. And that was evident against United a couple of occasions and unfortunately it's been our downfall in a lot of games this season. So it's a catch-22 in terms of 
how he is set up. I think he just has to be hard to beat and play Gray up front, play him off Calvert Leon because we have that threat there. And hopefully we can get a player or two in that can add attacking wise to what we have. And you know, we'd have enough to kind of get get up in around mid table, but it's uh, it's gonna come out. I think Saturday has a bit of a win or bust feel to it now against Southampton, you know. Yeah, I think Saturday is just it's it's a massive, massive not even six pointer. It's probably make or break to be honest for Lampard himself. Uh, just got back on the United game. Uh, we spoke about Mikolenko kind of not being suited to that system, uh, and he kind of gets forward a bit much, Richie, and forgets to come back really. Uh, but I, I think that was evident for the first goal, like, and it was early on, which was kind of we're on the back foot already. Like he he let Anthony just go past him, and he he did like a tap in at the at the back stick. Yeah, I suppose it's I don't know, it's an uh, an awareness thing, and it, it, there's been a few occasions, you know, and that's kind of. I'm probably focusing more on attacking that isn't natural to him and forgetting about that positional and, you know, as I said, Anthony kind of just totally drifted in. And, yeah, he, he is a lot better suited in a in, in a four, you know. But why, why hasn't he changed it? Is it the case that Vinagre isn't up to it? Can McNeil go in and play as a wing-back potentially the weekend if, if they were to line up like that? Um, you know, there is other options there, but they don't seem to have been utilised Yes, you know, I know he changed it kind of as a as a sub the other day, but yeah, it's it's a strange one that he kind of persists with him, you know, because we're seeing the errors kind of in, in this formation from, from Mikolenko, but it is, I don't know, it's kind of stuck between defending him and stuff. I think he's not good enough in that in that formation, but at the same time, he's he's not the worst, you know, he'll give commitment and things, but he just doesn't have the quality, I think, in that position. And you need more coming from your wing backs to create more up front. You know, you're bringing players into it. They need to be an option. They need to drag defenders out. You know, he did it against City with that overlapping run when 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 Gray cut inside that he dragged the defender on and he doesn't do that enough. Um, and I think it's just because it's not natural to him. He's a natural four. He's a natural kind of sit in and defend. So... I don't know. I don't know what to do with him really, um, because it it really depends on how he sets up initially. Um, but yeah, again, on 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 or against United the weekend, I just thought it was caught a couple of times, and it's it's something that we're starting to see a little bit more from him in in that five. You know, yeah. do you think it's similar, Kali, that like what Chris said there a few minutes ago that uh, with Coleman when he he kind of gets forward with Mikelenko, he doesn't have that support really. Like uh, a few overlaps, there's no one to sit in behind them really, and that's when the Tarkovsky kind of drags across. But we need to, whoever's in front of Gray, Gray's only doing what's tracking back to be honest. So if he gets forward and loses the ball, like what's screwed down that side? Yeah, there is an element of that, Joe. You know, and we actually talk about this as well. I'd actually, in some ways, put Mikalenko as the left centre back of a five. And then I'd have Vinagre out on the left wing back or Dwight McNeil, as, as Richie said as well. Or you could shift across uh, Coleman, Seamus, over to the left and put, um, Holt, well, I suppose Holgate is out of favour, or put Godfrey even out on the right or, or, or vice versa. But I don't think Mikolenko has 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 the, the nous, let's say, for a left wing back role. But you could be right. Maybe it is that, that you know, there's no one covering in behind him. Um, 
uh, you know, but he is quite naive in that role. And look, you only have to look at Anthony's first goal, you know. And even then, when, when I was looking at him, then when you know you were, were shooting into the Stratford end in the second half, and you know you could see mistakes that he was he was making, and he was almost nervous. I think they they almost doubled up him up on him at times, uh, Joe, to be honest, because he realised that you know they were getting in quite handily, let's say, on that side, you know, the kind of way. So yeah, I you know he he. He reminded, I wouldn't mind putting him in as the, the left centre back, maybe alongside uh, Cody or Tarkovsky, uh, and give then maybe Godfrey a, a right a right wing back role or, or even a left wing back role. But again, you're, you're chipping, you're changing the team an awful lot. You want kind of particularly with defence, you need a, a settled kind of defence and, and a settled formation as well, you know, because um, we need to get we need to fix the problems that's there, Joe, you know, the kind of way. But uh, maybe you're right. You know, he he certainly wasn't getting cover from. It was a grey out, out in front of him. You know, the kind of way maybe grey track back a couple of times and he, he does work, but uh, it's hard to know. You know. Yeah, I thought actually grey Chris was unlucky with uh, like after United scored when he hit that hit, had a shot hit the post, come back hit the head and kind of went really, it kind of went into the net, but it, it went for a corner. But grey is starting to come into form now and and show that consistency that we've been screaming out for for. A long, long time. He's definitely. Um, you can't question like his work rate is there. He's working his balls off, and I think he's kind of since Richardson and left, he's kind of looking at Lampard is kind of big, not bigging him up, but giving him. They were challenging him with the responsibility of not carrying the team on his back, but being that player that can carry us forward and win games for us because he he has it in his locker. You know, he gets a couple of bangers once or twice a season. Hopefully that Man City one isn't all as bangers used up yet. But the last couple of games, I know Brighton was a bit of a, you know, a write-off, but he still scored. He got got the penalty and he scored. So he's been uh, he's been doing well the last couple of weeks, but you've seen it before. With, and that's the issue with all our wingers. It's consistently, week in, week out, is what separates top, top wingers and their productivity and their numbers and their goals and assists. That's what separates them from your average players who are inconsistent and do it once every six or seven games. Like the work rate is absolutely there. His effort is there. His you know, defensive duties. He's really, really running himself into the ground for the cause. Just feel that he, he's so feckin' frustrating because he just makes the wrong decisions so many times. Like even an instance in the first half there, he skipped past two United players, left them for dead. And then the final ball, he just just gave it away. He does the hard thing all the time. And then the easy pass is just given away or runs into traffic. Or it's so frustrating with him. And even if he backed himself a bit more, he'd one or two opportunities where he got central. Just have a go. Just hit it. It can deflect it and go in the other corner. You don't know what's going to happen, but you just we overcomplicate things. And as I, as I said a while ago, he's not the only one him. It will be whoever it is, Gordon especially. In the final tour, their decision-making is so, so poor. And you can coach that all you want, but I just think in the heat of the moment, when you have a split second to make a decision during a game, that's instinct. You can't really coach that, you know. It's you have it or you haven't a lot of the time. I know maybe awareness, experience, these things can, you know, stand to you in terms of your decision-making and that, but he's so frustrating, you know. He's, sometimes you see... Oh, you can see why he's a million and a half player. Then other times, like Jesus, 
we, what a steal he was. <laughs> but it's doing it week in, week out. It's, the, it's a challenge for him. But he's played well the last couple of weeks and absolutely he should be in the starting lineup, no doubt about it. I think he's our biggest threat when he's direct. It's about getting him in those areas, you know. It's um, Rick Calvert-Leon is a bit more of a focal point. You have that option of Gray playing off him, getting a bit closer to him, which we we haven't we haven't really had, you know, so far this season. There's a forty yard gap between who Mopai again. I don't want to go into detail about him. He sh- we shouldn't be pinging balls at him because he's not that type of player. Whether we think he's rubbish or he's not, but there shouldn't be a 30, 40 meter distance between your midfield and your centre forward. It should be all linked up. Someone to play off, bring players into play. So Calvert Leon hopefully can be that player and get Gray in and around them with the two up top. So, yeah, look, hopefully he continues. It's going to... It's goals and assists that we need, really. At the end of the day, even if he doesn't have the best game, if he's scoring goals and popping up at assists, I think we don't have one more player. Have we got one player in the team that's on more than one assist? I think yeah. we're very poor in terms of our goals and assists, you know? Yeah, we'll be popping in one after that. Cody has won and, you know it's, it's really really poor so again look we need bodies we need bodies in to help these players and add that bit more competition players like McNeil and Gordon shouldn't be starting week in week out in my position in my opinion they should be all vying for the one position so if we can get a winger in and another striker in these players have to step up or they, they, they won't be playing week in week out so I guess that's just that's just the position we're in but hopefully he can we can keep it going and carry us, carry us on and get a few goals for us. Yeah, I think the key, Rich, as well, like, all right, Gray is in form, but we need like two or three, maybe if not four or five players in form at the same time because we can't just have one or two lads producing. We just need everyone on the same page and at the same level consistently. That's, that's the key. Uh, that's, that's the dream at this stage. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, we've talked about it, but those, those, those same front four that we're kind of four or five nearly now, as supposed to Calvert Lewin is back. We're depending on some neat, real, natural goal scorers. You know, uh, you know, Maupe is it seven or eight goals in the last couple of years. Calvert Lewin, apart from one kind of season, hasn't. I said, you know, just about kind of scraping into double figures. Any any of the wide boys, the same kind of in and out. So. You know, they just all need to kind of chip in with a couple. But I think, as Chris said, it's competition. People who will step up and then kind of put the pressure on them so that it improves the level. But is the level there is the next thing? You know, we're asking the same question for a long time. And I'm starting to get a little bit more negative about it because you I just you just don't see it. You know, uh, Demary Gray and 100% he is the... The, the big threat and its consistency. But if he had the consistency, he wouldn't be playing with us. You know, we wouldn't assign him for, for, for one and a half million. So that's that that's basically what we're what we're dealing with right now. And it's just a, the hope that we can get something in to to try to create, to try to, you know, give a more attacking clinical threat at the other end of the pitch. Because you know, the do as I said kind of last week as well, about those small those chances that we've missed that have cost games and cost points. You get a couple of those just on the off chance. It helps to build confidence and you just kick on a couple of results on the spin and everything everything changes. But it's very easy kind of get into the spiral that we're in at the minute as well. So we need the boys that are there now to try to try to dig it out. Yeah. And another thing, I know we're kind of going off a tangent here a bit, Carl, but um, 
the thing we don't have and we haven't had for a while to be honest is competition for places like there's just no pressure on some of these lads because they know they're gonna they're gonna play every week there's no pressure coming from 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 within the squad no because the squad's not good enough Joe mm. um sell their best players and replace them with very average uh, players unfortunately um now obviously that was for financial reasons and you know maybe one day that will become clearer to fans but um our squad's not good enough um you could would you call it a championship squad yeah i think so yeah and I'm not trying to be defeatist in any way, shape, or form, Joe. But uh, as you know, we're not the biggest scores. We we don't create chances. So there's only so much you can you can you know get by on. I just scrape by with you know. And, and one day, unfortunately, you're just gonna say, "Well, you're just not good enough." Like you know, the kind of way, and 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 the team's not good enough. And and I think in in, in some respects, that's why I have some sort of sympathy towards Frank Lampard. Now, I don't think Lampard for me isn't the main problem, Joe, but he's not the answer either to it. But um, it's just, I just find it horrible, Joe. I really do. It just, I, I find it, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I used to love Twitter, Joe, and obviously transfer window, and you see clubs, and you see clubs around us in the league table, and they're spending, like Leeds, you know, it was just signed a striker, and they're going after it someone else now and clubs around us Joe are, are buying in players getting players in for the next four or five months you know it's the 13th of January and we haven't brought in anyone like anyone can see where we're lacking and Lampard referred to it today it's it's the final tour of the pitch but yeah on the 13th of January okay we've been linked to one or two players one, one player that we've been heavily linked to wants to go back to Barmouth like, if that's not a kick in the arse to us Everton supporters, what is, Joe? You know, we're no longer Billy Big Bollocks. And, you know, and that's 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 gone a long, long time. It's a long time since we were. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, like, I know I'm going off in a rant here, Joe, but I'm just, I'm just kind of almost a fetus. If, 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 you know, it's just, I'm, I see you guys and, you know, the trees go over to matches and, you know, you see the ticket holders and, Genuinely, if, if if I could get you a blue pair of eyes, I'd probably give one to each three is because I don't know how you do it. I really don't, you know. And it's just time and time again. Like we put in a good performance against United, fair enough. But like, I'm half expecting to go out on, on Saturday and just think all you have to do is put on the jersey type of situation because there's no consistency in performance from the start at eleven from week to week for me, Joe. You know the kind of way and. I don't know. I just Saturday. I know again me going off the tangent, and I'm probably better off not coming on this podcast. You you, you ask me one question, and I go off on another one. But like, like Randy Corbett. <laughs> yeah, if if we go one nil down on Saturday, Joe, that place is going to be toxic, absolutely toxic. You know. But anyway, look, rant over. But as I say, I'm just I'm just upset, Joe, and I'm annoyed, and. You know, you hear these statements coming out through the week and it's just, like, do they live in the fucking real world, Joe? You know, skills, skills are French, but, like, do they live in the real world at all? I, I, I just, at this stage now, Joe, I just, we're a hard club to follow, you know? And I, I'm too long in the two now to change my colours, which I would never do, but 
you know, but it's just, I'm just upset, annoyed, angry because the people who are in charge have, have taken my club to where it is now. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree. Anyway, we'll leave the negativity and go off to happy Chris. Carly used to be the happy smiley fella drag us up. Now we've just pressing the whole lot of us. Cheers, Carly. <laughs> Uh, Chris, do you know what? He, he's actually, listen, we, we'll partly know he put there. Just before I lived, you know, actually, uh, Awobi was horrific, like, looking injury. Uh, he's Lazarus now. I've <laughs> seen in the press conference that he might play some kind of part tomorrow, Chris. I don't know what is going on there. I just obviously wasn't as bad as they first feared. Yeah. So some players recover quicker. Like, if it was me, and we wouldn't see him again. So mm. Awobi is well known to one of the fittest in the squad and looks after himself and yeah, that's, it is a bit of positive news if Diwobi from last season shows up because he's been hot and cold as have they all this season. I thought he wasn't particularly good against United, to be honest. Work rate was there, but on the ball, I thought he was doing a few sloppy things, you know, but he's been moved around the midfield as well. Like last year, he had that set position in the midfield. Now he's kind of, one week he's up here, then he's the right side of a tree, then he's sitting in holding picking the ball off the defence so just need to get him back to what he was doing last season but yeah it's good to have him whether he starts or not who knows I don't think the car raised up too much but I actually thought he'd done well he settled into the United game when he came on well uh, this sloppy first couple of minutes getting into the game but he, he showed like what we've seen of him at the start of last season when he you know he was one of the Hard to believe we're saying it, but he was one of the better midfielders in the league at the time, at the start of last season, the way he carried the ball forward and his energy and his drive. But uh, he showed some good signs against United, but he's probably playing for a contract extension now anyway. But hopefully a well be makes it anyway, and he can, you know, he can show the show the level of performance he did last season. Yeah, I, I think he's, he's, he's probably one of our better press recently, uh, Richie, to be honest. Um, Obviously, Gray's Gray is, is the player at the moment with his goals. But uh, I think it will be. Uh, would it be a risk to give him a chance tomorrow? Now, if it's if it's even like a slight risk that he could be out for even longer with another injury. No, I don't think so. I think if there's an opportunity that he can play some part, we have to do it. Basically, mm. tomorrow it's, it's about getting points. And as I said earlier, he has, I don't think he's six assists as opposed to the next person on the on the squad is one. So anyone who can give us some bit of an edge tomorrow, it's massive. One A win tomorrow, take us up to 18 points, could potentially bring us up to 13th or so. Obviously, other teams will pick up points as well. But um, yeah, look, they're not going to, I don't know, you would presume that they'll do the, the right thing for, for him, you know, if, if it's a risk. But I can't see him starting given, you know, stretchered off and, you know, so maybe he's capable of playing a half an hour, 20 minutes, who knows, but I think if, if he can play some part and he can give us something, and even just, as you said, it's something that we can bring on um, at some stage in it, he's great energy to, to bring on and, you know, we've seen when he's playing well, he's pressing, everything like that and that type of energy tomorrow can be vital just because it gets the crowd up, it gets people involved and... Uh, yeah, I, I think we we just need everything that we possibly can, you know. So it's not a day to be saving, fellas, basically, is what I'd be thinking. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm just very, very wary that, uh, all right, it's a must, must win, but it's kind of half a through the season. I don't want him getting, 
like knocked out for four or five months just just by taking a chance on him. If he doesn't play Collie, uh, does Anthony Gordon come back into the team? I know he's been out for a couple of weeks with illness, and but before that he was he was just mucked to be honest. So would he come in? Yeah, I think he does come in, Joe. But again, it comes back to one of the earliest points in this part is, is the formation that Frank goes with. You know, mm. you know, if he goes five three two, do you play Gray off, say Carver Lewin up front? And then where'd you put Gordon? Is Gordon good enough to, to play the Iwobi role in the centre of the park alongside Anana and and you know Ghana? I, I don't know. Um you know, okay, going forward, Gordon. Gordon, you know, he's quick footed and, and, and he has a, a strike on him that, you know, could surprise people. But I think given the game that's in it, I, I'd probably go alongside either. I suppose the Corey, or, or you'd also have to throw Tom Davis's name in there, you know, um, to come in into the middle of the park and maybe him sit and let the others still go. But it's, it's a tough one, uh, Joe, to be honest with you. But again, you know, you're coming back with lack of lack of uh, backup in the squad. You know, um, you're, you're trying to fit pe- fit players into roles that may not ne- not necessarily, sorry, uh, be their, their natural position. You know, um, but it, it comes back to formation. If he wants to throw in, you know, if he goes four three three, you throw in Gordon Gray and then Calvert Lewin down the middle. But then you're leaving yourself exposed. I think Southampton are a... I don't know what way they played the other night, but they're on the, the the back of two wins on the spin. You know, that kind of way. So confidence means a lot as well in football, Joe. You know, the kind of... It's not just, you know, good players, whatever the case may be. But um, I, I just think it boils down to whatever formation that they go for. Um, I, and I, I, I don't know whether Gordon starts in a three in midfield for me now. Hmm. I, I think it's it's this tomorrow's kind of similar to the Wolves game, Chris. Uh, when Wolves can go to some few weeks the bottom of the table and uh, just sat there, we we kind of went a little bit gung ho and it just picked us off. No, they scored a leg off, but like they just looked a better team for long periods of the game. Uh, so I think tomorrow, going back to what we said earlier. This, this five to back suits us, suits the players to be honest, not not just us as a team. But if we go gung ho, like Southampton could could just pick us off. Well, that's probably the way that t- the game will probably play out in terms of they'll be expecting us to come out and try and get the fans on side and everything. We want to start a quick, you know, try get an early goal, have a quick start, try to get the fans engaged, try and get everyone on side. That's the way we'll be thinking and they'll understand that as well. So chances are they'll probably plan for that and they'll be saying, right, lads, first 20 minutes, let's just, you know, not let them get in behind, try and quiet the crowd and then we'll grow into the game and then the fans will turn. Like so Tampa are going to be aware of all these protests and stuff. They're going to do whatever mm-hmm. they can to turn the crowd against the players and, grow into the game themselves, you know. So it's it's gonna it's gonna be on a knife edge, you know, it's gonna be a tense, tense day. Emotions are gonna be running high regardless, you know, with, with the coach welcoming and all that stuff as mm. well. I always find the atmosphere tends to be a bit better inside the stadium. That tends to carry in, you know, people get into the ground early and they're on the Gladys Street and the concourse just to be lively and that tends to carry into the grounds and with everything going on and the position we're in. 
and the, you know the importance of the game let's not underplay it it's a massive game emotions are going to be high and it could turn for the better or the worse fairly quick the issue is we're so we're so like we lack creativity so much and we're so bad in possession especially in and around their box that if they sit in and they just close us off and we can't get in behind we'll just turn the ball over you know, we give the ball away, we run out of ideas and they can just break on us, you know. So we're better off setting up as the away team. And you can kind of see it's a catch-22 if you're a Lampard in a way because obviously he wants, right, we're at home here, We fans want to see us having a go, being on the front foot, pressing high, attacking a little bit more than we would. And that's why he'll probably navigate towards the 4-3-3. And it's probably a little bit naive. Like, in reality, we should be just focusing on right let's play as your way team let's not you know do anything stupid just be hard to be mm. play on the break take our chances when they come try you know but as as you touched on earlier at home we don't tend to really accept that but you know you'll, you'll hear a five at the back at home against the bottom team. that's gonna be the team or even if it is the best way to set up that's the way we'll be looking at it as a as a fan base we want to have a go we want to get at them and we'll get agitated. We do. As fans, we sit yeah, yeah. parking the bus against Southampton. We'll get groans and moans and groans and, you know, gets... And, and that's... <laughs> I don't know. What do you do? That's the thing. We're just in such a poxy situation. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't, to be honest with you. Mm. Yeah, I think, Rich, to be honest, it, it's kind of on us to accept that at home. I mean, if, if it works... It works, whether we're at home or away. And I, 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 this, I know Chris is bang on. We're playing the bottom side. We should have a go. But the, the last two teams that came to go to some bottom of the table won Leicester and Wolves. So I think he said it there. If it works, if it works, it works. But if you yeah. do and it doesn't work, you're well, it's, no, it's, no, yeah, absolutely. But it has been working so. I, I just, yeah, I just don't I mean, see. I don't see how if if the system works and the players buy into it, why change it? Yeah, and I mean, look, I, they'll probably try to. I want to say they'll try to out tactic, but they'll be looking at it and I suppose just looking at Southampton in their past games away from home. They've set up with five at the back as well in a couple of times. So if the, both of us do it, like you can have really right. You have the ball, you have the ball, and you try to break us down, and and none of the two of us wanting to go forward, just waiting on the break. So. It'll be interesting to see how they go about it as the home team. I think it probably is a bit more impetus on us, but maybe it can be flexible where you're kind of instead of going with a five, that you're a four in possession and you're straight back into in, into into a five out of possession. Mm. We're capable of doing that. I don't know, but it'll be interesting to see how he goes about it. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of it will be on kind of first 15 minutes, you know, see if we can, if they can kind of, rise the fans and really get the fans behind because as Chris said there's going to be a lot of emotion around it and I think an early goal and there's something happening in the game early just to get everybody on on the same page bought in early doors and it can really help and I mean look they're after two good results as well back to back but at the same time their league form is poor so it's back to you know they know the pressure that's on them they can kind of get cut adrift a small bit if they don't get a result so an, an early I suppose something early for either side can really put pressure on, but it'll be interesting. That's yeah, yeah. It's 
interesting <laughs> to say the least. Uh, talking about the Wolves game, Carl, like we, we had one nothing up early on, and you know, I mean, scored, and we said, right, this is it now, kick on, kick on, but we just didn't kick on. Um, harsh lessons probably learned, but if we do go out one up, like we can't like just sit in our lives, we just have to keep going and going and going. You know, we've given Southampton a few pacings over the last few years, so I, I think we need to go and get that second just to ease the tension in the ground, if nothing else. Southampton wasn't the only game that we took our foot off the pedal when we went one up, Joe. You know, many games down through various seasons have we done that, especially mm. at Goodison. You know, we, we don't seem to have the, the will or the impetus to go for the second and go for the third, you know. And that's where you have the, the great sides, both in the Premiership and, and across Europe. And, you know, once they go one up, they don't sit back. They say, well, we're going to get another one now and get another one. You know, they're kind of... In, that just doesn't seem to be that drive. And maybe that comes with the standard of players that are in these clubs, you know, the kind of way that if you want one, you want the second one and, and so forth and so on. But, um, yeah, I, I, I do agree with you, but, you know, the fourth goal tomorrow is just going to be so important. It really is, you know. Um, and if we do, if we are lucky enough to score it, I totally agree, uh, Joe. We need to go on and, and try and get the second one and, and don't let... Don't don't have a repeat of Wolves and Wolves, you know, play themselves back into the, the game. And look, we all know what happened. That's, you know, we are sucker punched, whatever the case may be. But um, it's such such a pivotal game for me on Saturday. I know Lampard was trying to play down the importance of it today, but for me, it's a massive, massive game. Yeah, it's, yeah I know people call matches like this six points. Or this, it's just so much more than that, to be honest, uh, especially with the current situation and feeling around the club. Um, I know uh, Steph, Richie and Chris are going over, so we'll just get into predictions here for this um, before we move on to other stuff. Uh, Richie? I have no idea. Hold <laughs> 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 up the bingo machine there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm going to try to be positive. I go 2-1 win. 2-1 win. Okay. Uh, um, oh, God. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I, I you could just feel it here, yeah, yeah. Before we came on the podcast, I said to myself, We won't lose the game, we may draw it, but I actually think we might lose, Joe. And I'm gonna go for a, a 2 1 defeat and possibly Frank Lampard's last game. Well, it might be my last game, and my Frank Lampard. Uh, all right, come on, Chris, bring it up, bring it up, pal. You might want to cut that zoom link off now, Joe. Yeah, say, Callie boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, Joe, I, I can see us getting beaten. Genuinely, our form at Goodison has been absolutely diabolical. Leicester, Wolves, even Brighton, we, we just don't seem to have any idea how to play and break teams down and be defensively solid. I can genuinely see them beating us 2 0 and all hell breaking loose. You know, it's, it's hard because it's, like Carl said, it, it's really, really hard to have any positive feeling because there's so much negativity on the pitch, off the pitch, the manager, the players, the transfer window, the owner, the board, there's just so much going on that it's very hard to have any kind of positive feel off the back of last season as well to find ourselves in the same situation. And it's just absolutely mentally, as fans, we put so much into that last season, to that motion and to go through it all again. And it's only January 
You know, it just feels like we're circling that drain again. And the point of no return is getting closer and closer with each passing game. We're at the halfway point, more or less, next, you know, after tomorrow. So I'm going to go 2-0 for Southampton, unfortunately. Okay. Cheers, lads. Bye-bye. <laughs> what do you I, think, Joe? I, I think 3-1. I, for Everton. Yeah, I just think, like, you spoke earlier about, like, the, there's a, um, a coach meeting going on and I, I just think that that the wave of enthusiasm, whether it be fake or not, is another thing. Uh, we'll, we'll bring the players in and, and this and now we're going to touch on them. There's, there's a sit-in protest planned after the game. But I think from, from, from the first whistle, we'll all be on the same page, similar to matches before. And we get the first goal. I think they'll have to come out and just try and have a go. And I think we'll pick them off. So I'm going to go 3-1. And uh, the drugs will wear off now in a few minutes, I think. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, again, I think if we lose, uh, I think that's... It. It's just Cotton's for Lampard. I just if we lose that match tomorrow, he's I don't see a way back from to be honest. Which which I think would be a shame, but there's other circumstances which have like led to this. But at the end of the day, he has to take a lot of the blame for stuff that's happened on the pitch. And if we lose, that's 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 him gone. Uh but hopefully we don't. Okay, uh, we we kind of spoke last week, Carl, and I don't know whether you listened in. Um, there's a campaign going on now. There's a few campaigns, but the main one would be NS now. Uh, and there's a, a, a letter going around on Twitter and such. Hundreds and hundreds have signed up to, at this stage. And there's a sit-in protest now planned for um, after the game tomorrow, which I'll be taking part in as well. Rich, uh, during the week, I know we said last week, where we urged Mashiri to come out and say something and like break the silence. And he, he did uh, in two ways. He, he responded to a fans forum letter, uh, which his response was just mind-boggling. I, I just, he's talking about head in the sand. It was just, like he, he couldn't read the situation whatsoever. And then he came out and spoke on Talksport to his uh, good friend and colleague's mate, Jim White, and just made the situation 10 times worse by talking an absolute load of geek on the phone. I just, this man is just so far out of touch with what's going on at the moment and the feeling amongst the fan base. It's it's scary to be honest, Rich. Where do you start? You know, so far so far out of touch. It is it's embarrassing, is what it is. That that's what your owner is doing, and that's what he is brought to. You know, the letter. Personally, don't think it was written by him. Basically, here, far put your name to that. We need to put something out to to try to say. And I don't know. It's washed is what it was so many different times and watered down and you know let's just try to say but we've heard it all before you know how many times can you readdress the same stuff by saying nothing you know and the one thing he could have done was say we are you know that there's gonna I don't know something about a review something about that some things will change but they can't change now whatever it is 
but he didn't do anything. He just kind of brushed it up and everything was great. And, you know, and oh, by the way, we're getting a stadium. You know, it's it's pathetic. It's pathetic that that's what we've come to. And then, as you said, the the interview, you know, again, seemingly did it all on his own accord. No one in the club was aware of it. And, you know, I, I, I really just can't fathom it, you know, to come on and to, to speak and to have... You know, I, th- I I think the fact that he's coming out, no, he knows that shit is going to happen. You know, that he can he can say stay silent, but yes, the man has no clue what's going on. You know, backing the board because oh, they're local. So, I mean, d- d- you can drill into pretty much every sentence that he has said in the last two days or three days, like, and it's there's no there's nothing for us to kind of get. I won't say excited about, but he said, yeah, I need to come out and say something, but he'd be better. He'd be better off. He said nothing, you know, and it just shows that if that's where our owner is, that we're probably in a bigger mess than we actually think we are, you know, that runs an awful lot deeper and that's his train of thought. And I said, Oh my good God. Um, But yeah, I say a week is a long time. And to say that that's what we've had in two or three days said, Jesus, get it over fast. Yeah, it, it's just it's. I meant some more scary, Kelly. Uh, the, the chap just. Now, Richie said there uh, last week that it's it's been probably over a year since it's since it's been that again. Uh, but to to be so far out of touch with the current mood of the fans. Uh, Again, I'm struggling for water because I'm trying to keep uh, the anger at bay. He, he's, oh, I, and I, again, I'm struggling here. When uh, this this protest happening, sack the board, sack the, the board won't get sacked. The whole board won't get sacked. Uh, I, I think when he come out and listen to him. I initially thought, listen, let's keep the share. At least he has, to, has his money in his pocket. I think this lad has to go as well because he's a he's a fraud. He's he's. I know he said he put his money where his mouth is. He did, in fact, that and that's possibly the only thing he's done right since he took over. Is, is put money into the club now. Whether it was his money or not is is another kettle of fish. But he, uh, as far as running a football club, the chap. Has not got one clue. Yeah, well, I think um, there's a couple of ways to look at this, right? I, I, I would be in the to, to kind of you know machinery out to him, um, and I suspect that once Bramley Moore is up and running, that he will be out. And now, obviously, if we're a Premiership team, he'll get more money for us. You know, we we get a couple of yanks in, whatever, and and and. You know they'll, they'll do a clean sweep. I would suggest. Um, I, I read an article yesterday, the day before, in relation to us and how, what financially it will cause us if we were to drop in. And you're looking at between ninety to one hundred and ten million pounds sterling to drop into the championship. You would need to come up within three years, or we will be in serious financial trouble. Um, I'm not going to get into the whole Bill Kenroy debate, but the man is seventy six years of age. What other person sells the shares in the company and has kept on then in a managing role within that company? Um, Denise 
does tremendous work or did tremendous work from a, a charity point of view before she was elected into that role. But what knowledge, if any, has she got of running the football club? Graeme Sharp then was brought on, you know, and look, I know he's been to Irish Toffees events and, you know, but before he was brought in, you know, he made statements saying that, oh, if I was ever on the board and I'd be the voice of the fans. We we have Dave Prentice in there who went from the Liverpool Echo and was employed as a communications officer for Everton Football Club. And he's in the job 14 months, I believe, and he's only made one. He's only put out one publication. And that was it. That, you haven't heard from him at all over the last six mm. or eight months, you know. Um, I'm glad that major media agencies now, particularly the likes of Sky, and as much as you give out about um, Simon Jordan, Jordan doesn't mince his words. And the piece he, he said the other day, I thought it was spot on. Kevin Campbell's coming out. You know, you hear Stubbsy then coming out saying that he's no longer getting tickets because he he's going against it. You know, and if that is the, if that's what's if that's what's going on in their club, well then, unfortunately, it has to be root and branch and th- them all out, Joe. You know the kind of way. And but yeah, Mashiri has put up the money. Well, he certainly was the figurehead for the money anyway. Um, and obviously things in Ukraine may have changed that. And, Again, it's it's still up for debate where 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 the money came from initially. But like if it's jobs for the boys, which it clearly was for a long, long time in the club, it's coming back now. The boys is in the arse show, and mm. you know, I think people realise that real fans realise just the perilous position that we are in, both on the field, but more importantly off the field, Joe, because. There's no point having a big shiny new stadium uh, on the docks and you're a championship side. Let's call a spade a spade, you know. Mm. If you're not if you're not receiving premiership money financially, you know, I don't know. Like, I wish I was I wish I was more clued in to be an accountant or to figure show, but when I read that article about the potential loss of revenue if you were to cha- drop into the championship, massive Joe. Absolutely massive. And is it beyond the realms that, you know, the, the club could go to the wall? I don't know. And you might think, oh, don't be silly and all that, but it could be a, a genuine factor in, in a year or two years to come if we were to slip into the championship. So it just makes the next 19 games, starting from tomorrow, which is we're saying this every bleeding season, but starting from tomorrow, probably the, the most important game. And all we can do now, we're not left in any cups. Well, all we can do is take one one game at a time. And just going back to your earlier point, Joe, about formations and, and what Chris was saying. And he, Lampard, I mentioned at the start of the podcast, Lampard is caught between a rock and a hard place. If he tries to play expansive football and goes 4-3-3 and we're beaten, it's on him. If he goes defensive and tries to play counter-attack football, that's too negative against a team at Goodison Park. It's just a shit show, Joe. And I'm fed up supporting the shit show. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's listen <laughs> again. I, 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 yeah. I'm normally the most positive on this show, but just the last couple of weeks have drained every bit of everything out of me, you know. Yeah, I think listen, you're not alone. It, it's just the, the Garland, like I said, I don't want to keep repeating myself, Chris, but the Garland thing is that he, he's, he's not tapped into any of the stuff that's gone on 
the like the fans coming out and letters and 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 stuff and sitting now sitting tomorrow uh, is planned to be a peso one. I do genuinely hope that it is, and there's nothing nothing stupid happens. There's no encounter on the pitch because we're on we're on the the, the edge of stuff. Like I read there the other day that if there's any more pitching coaching or even flares or stuff, we'd be the first team to get sanctioned for it because it's happened numerous times. But I, I just hope that the protest is a peace one just to get a point across. But if we lose this match tomorrow, that's, there's no way that's going to be a peaceful protest. Not a chance in hell. Easy solution. Win a few football matches. Bang on. Be all and end all. That's the, <laughs> that's the, you know, way it is. But, like that, Machiri on Talksport yesterday, that was just pouring petrol onto the fire. What It shows how out of touch with the reality that guy is. He's out in Monaco in his yacht listening to Eye of the Tiger, talking to Jim White, who he said, in a, you know, he said months ago, I made mistakes, I won't go through channels anymore, I'll communicate through club channels, and he's gone and he's done it again. Mm. And what he said, like... But the board has been there a long time. We want to keep our roots. They're local. They understand. They love the club. I love the club. Grand job. I've gone twenty years, so that that justifies me being on the board. Yeah, yeah. absolutely mentalist. How on earth can you come out with something like that? And then look at the figures. Look at the losses. Look at the drop in performance commercially in terms of our league position. The money we've lost. The management we've sacked. The poor recruitment. How do you think these people are doing a good job? You know, unbelievable. And to say, I just want everyone to just support Frank and the team. What, what the fuck have we been doing the last 30 years? Yeah, week yeah. in, week out. That stadium was packed to the rafters. We're watching the worst football in the league. Absolute garbage. We were supporting us when we got biffed 3-0 by Brighton or Bournemouth there before the break. You know how he, the gall of the man—it just shows how he doesn't read the room. How he just, you know, doesn't have any kind of genuine understanding of the club, despite what he thinks. He doesn't have any connection. It's just a business to him. You know, he doesn't understand. This is people's. It's their life. It it dictates everything. They're, how they feel, how they are during the week, what they think about if they're. You know, like people are getting depressed. It's seriously, I know it's a game of football and stuff, but people don't understand it. When you're going week in, week out, it's the, it's everything to you, you know. It's part of who you are and it's engraved in you and you can't just stop as much as you'd like to. And this fella just hasn't got a clue. And I would have been like yourself. I would have been, yeah, if, you know, fair enough, he's interfered with directors of football. He's been into agents and, He's mingled in and hasn't let people do their job. I would have been of the stance, right, he's learned his lesson. You know, if he doesn't interfere, employer, tell Wells, employer, manager, let them recruit, let them do their business. But, you know, we need to get better people in on the board, people at commercial level, and try and bring us on off the, cl- off the pitch. And he just, he just hasn't learned any lessons from his mistakes. And I don't think he is going to. So, like you said, it's a case of he has to go. He, he hasn't got a clue. And under his, and he's not, though. That's the thing. He won't remove the board. 
because you have to have a certain amount of people on the boards. And if he genuinely thinks that they're not doing anything wrong and they're trying their best, well, then he he's the issue. He has to go. And he won't go until the stadium's sold because he'll get more for the club with the stadium built. So, I, I, you know, I'm all for these protests and getting our message across. But I just feel like no matter what we do, it's not going to make any difference. This fella doesn't care what's going on, you know. Yeah, I think I, think I genuinely think we are we are doomed. When you have people like him, like a villa, like they went through the similar thing with their own with Randy Lerner and that. Same, we're ticking all the boxes they ticked, circling that drain, and eventually they they just dropped. And it's you hate being negative, but it's it's only pointing one direction from top to bottom. We're in con, we're in turmoil, we're in crisis. And it's just very hard to see how we can turn things around. Even changing a manager, it'd be a short-term solution. Might be the only thing we can do initially, short-term, to maybe get that response and get somebody in who was maybe more experienced than Lampard. Because I think as much as I like him and he might be he may try to be a good manager, it's probably too big a job for state we're in a job for his lack of experience in the game is he just like we said is catch 22 for him but how he sets up and all those things I just think we're bollocks the other way no matter what we do you know yeah it, it's just it's it's just a spoil and yeah spot on there with the villa I, I kind of equate it to like the Newcastle situation a few years ago Mike Ashley got in and he didn't give a shit what the fans thought he didn't care yeah, saves his want. I'm not going anywhere, and it ended up. It went down. Um, and look at them now. Um, I just hope it doesn't take something like that uh, to turn this around because, uh, like my colleagues did learn, I think we if we go down the championship, we're there. We're there for years. Like we just it's just gonna take us so long to recover. Um, and the thought just is depressing to say the least. But if you have an owner and a board who just sit up in the ivory tower, can't see what is it, like it's unraveling in front of them. Whether, whether he's in Monaco or not, he has to see what is going on. I mean, the, the club is in so much disarray off the pitch. It's, it's and on it, it isn't, it's been disarray off the pitch for a long, long time, but it's starting to creep onto the pitch now. And, and it's performances and lack of performance, would I say. It's it, it just a shit show. I know we keep saying it. It's just an absolute shit show. And I, it, again, I repeat myself. If the owner comes out and is congrat, basically clapping people on the back who are on the board at, at this moment of time, you couldn't run a fucking tap. Never mind the football club. It's just scary. Really, really is. Uh, I just don't know where we go from here. It, it just we, we've been through this before with Johnson and stuff like that but this this feels a lot worse and it feels like uh, I said last week we're, we're, we're on quicksand I just don't see a way back not with this current board so if they don't change I think that's it we're, we're just resigned to, to go you know anyway again this week's podcast is sponsored by the Samaritans. <laughs> it's, it's just, oh, 
But listen, you have to call Mercedes Alton, you have to call a spade a spade. Right, boys, thanks very much for tonight. Richie and Chris, I'll see you tomorrow. We'll have a, a, a bit of crap before the match. Uh, hopefully. Good game, boys. Yes, Carl. Thanks, sir. Talk to you next week, buddies. Thank yeah, you. Take it easy, boys. Right, boys, I'll see you in the morning at the airport. Yeah. All the best, Obviously. boys. See you then. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you're interested in joining the Irish Toffee Supporters Club, just send an email to memberships at irish-toffees.com or visit our website www.irish-toffees.com. Up the toffees.